I'm Michelle Sims, and this is the Beauty in the Mess, a community where people who crave a shift in mindset, personal growth, and connection to like-minded people come together to start rewriting their stories. Through engaging, honest, and insightful conversations, the show will help you embrace the mess to recognize the meanings and the lessons it holds and discover its hidden treasures to help you start making a mindset shift. Let's listen, learn, and reclaim who we were meant to be. Hi, friend. Welcome to the Beauty in the Mess. This episode is about Amy Sanders' journey. After an unhealthy marriage and subsequent divorce, Amy found herself a broke single mom. After she hit rock bottom, she made some drastic changes in her life and turned it all around. She now has nine businesses and is a self-made multimillionaire. Amy's mission now is to help other women find their purpose in life and expose their strengths so they, they can have the best life possible. She's a huge advocate of mindset work. Hi. I'm Michelle Sims. I'm your host, and I'm just a regular person who, along with my family, have had our fair share of messes that we too have had to overcome. Along the way, I got curious as to how others get through their messes and even triumph over them. Maybe there's a better way, a faster way. Maybe we can accelerate our journeys by learning from someone else. That started my pursuit. I think we can all learn from each other through the sharing of our experiences, lessons, and knowledge. Join me for episode 21 of The Beauty in the Mess called Mastering Your Mindset with Amy Sanders. Amy is an entrepreneur many times over, as well as a certified business and life coach. She's taught and inspired thousands of women through weight loss, mindset, relationships, and business. Today, we're going to talk about gratitude journals, feeling love, manifesting, mindsets, self-love, and among many other things. I hope you'll join us. So without further ado, Let's dive right into today's conversation. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Beauty and the Mess. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're so excited to have you today. I know your story involves getting divorced, and then you talk about becoming a broke single mom, and then you make your life take a drastic shift, and you turn that all around. So I was wondering if you could spend a few minutes talking with us and letting us know what your story is and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Okay. I'll try to keep it to a few minutes. As long as you need. <laughs> as long as I need. Okay, sweet. So my story actually starts back when I was a little girl, which I think most people's stories do, but they don't realize it. And as a little girl, I was taught and trained to say yes, no matter what, doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter who it is, especially if it's an adult, you just say yes. Doesn't matter how you feel. And I say this with love. My parents did the best they could with what they had. They both came from crazy, terrible, abusive, whatever backgrounds. And I learned that what I wanted did not matter from a very young age. Wow. And so I went through life this way, even to the point when my first husband was on his knee. So he got on his knee to propose to me. And I remember just looking at him and my entire body was shaking. I felt like there was a knife in my gut. And I knew that I should say no, but I didn't want him to feel bad. And so I asked him, I left him on his knee, by the way, it was snowing and it was freezing and he was on his knee in the snow. I left him on his knee and said, so did you ask my dad? That was what I said to him. And then he said, well, yeah, I did. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Then yeah, that's how I answered the proposal. Now, the proposal also happened three weeks after we started dating. Oh, wow. 
here's the biggest decision you can make in your life, or at least one of them. And I am saying yes to a man that has been dating me for three weeks, knowing that every fiber of my body does not want to marry him. But I did not want to tell him no, because that would be mean. And I didn't want him to feel bad. So I said, yes. Was part of it also that you thought your dad had already said yes and that he approved? Yeah. I mean, my first husband, when it comes down to like our religious background or value systems, whatever, like he checked those boxes. And so I'm like, well, I guess if my dad said yes, but then I was like, why would my dad even say yes? He hardly knows this guy, you know? So there was a lot that was going on in my mind, but I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, sure. I'll go ahead and marry you. (laughs) So I did get married. It was a very abusive relationship. Oh, wow. I was married for 11 years. We had three children together. It was really, really hard. I remember feeling like I couldn't go on one more day and I stayed with him for five more years after that. There was so much in that relationship that I allowed because of what I call people pleasing. I just was like, okay, if that's what he wants. Okay. If that's what makes him happy, you know? And when I finally got out of that relationship and anyone that's listening, I just want, (laughs) I want to be a voice that you can change your stars and you are worth it. If things aren't going well in your life, whether it's marriage or something else, like your life can be different and you get to decide that it is scary. And that's where I was at. It was not me that got me out of my marriage. It was me thinking about my children getting me out of the marriage. So it was scary. And like being in that marriage, I was like, okay, I have these kids with him. He's the father. So I should stay. But then on the flip side, I was like, I don't want my boys to think this behavior is acceptable. I want my boys to have a different example of how their mom should be treated. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is what actually helped me get out was me looking to my children and what they are going to see as an example versus what they were seeing then. So when I left, we never did have a lot of money in that marriage, but I became even more broke. I didn't think that was a thing. I had to make deals with my landlord. Hey, if I fix up this stairwell and paint it, or if I weed all these beds, can I deduct my rent? If I fix this thing. It was just like, I was always trying to figure out just how to make ends meet as a single mom, but I felt free. I felt like, okay, what does Amy want? And I started asking myself that question. It was so hard to answer because I was so used to letting everyone else decide, you know, let everyone else decide what is good for me. And so I did start picking up my just the pieces of my life. And I did a ton of mindset work And I did get out of that. And I married an amazing man. We have seven children between the two of us. Oh, wow. So (laughs) we are busy. They're now all teenagers or entering into their twenties. And yeah, so seven kids, we do the blended family thing, which also is not easy. And we've created a completely different dream lifestyle. When I met him, we were both broke. (laughs) We met each other broke and said, okay, what do we want for our life? And within, I think it was within five years of us being married was when we hit our first million. Wow. And I say we, because we do those things together and we've been each other's support system. We've had a lot of highs and lows, but 
in a nutshell, that is my story. I'm not done yet. There's a lot more that I want to do with my life and with helping women, but I'm super, super passionate about showing women what is possible and that they do and can have the life, like they can have whatever they really want. And I'm living proof of that. I completely changed my stars. I'm a huge manifester. All of it's possible. You just have to believe it. So if there's a woman listening that thinks she's at rock bottom and maybe she has kids, maybe she doesn't, but how do you go from from your lowest point or what you feel is your lowest point to actually taking those steps? And what's the first step that you need to take to start turning your life around? Yeah. I mean, the first step is to turn inward and ask yourself, what do I want? Do I believe that I'm worthy of it? It's like that worthiness piece, which I say that's a first step and it's actually a pretty big step. Like, okay. I knew like in that relationship, I knew that it didn't align with my values. Like it didn't align with what I knew and how I should be being treated. And so the first step was asking me, wait, what do I want? This isn't what I want. What do I want? Right. And then from there, there is all of the mind drama and all of the questions you're going to be asking yourself, whether you have kids or not. Like for me, my questions were, am I going to make ends meet? Are my kids going to be okay? Are they going to be judged because they're now coming from a broken home? Are their grades going to suffer? Am I ever going to find love again? Am I going to be alone forever? I mean, just all of those questions, which they're going to be different for each individual, but it's, this does not feel right to me. Okay. So I'm at rock bottom. What can I do next? And there is always something you can do next. And so a couple of things really helped me in the beginning. One was when you're at rock bottom or when you feel your life is like in complete shambles, it is really easy to just focus on that, to focus on all of the negative, all of the like victimized things that might've happened to you. For me, I could have made a massive list of all the ways I had been wronged, Right. but that was not going to help me. What was going to help me was for me to get out of my own way. And I did that by first the gratitude journal. I mean, we talk about it, tons of people talk about it, but it really did help me think about everything that I was grateful for every single day. And I had to do it every single morning. And I would reflect on it again at night. What am I grateful for? What do I have? And at that point, I didn't feel like I had a lot. I gave everything to my ex-husband. I was like, take the house. I just needed out. What I took with me was having a lot of the majority of the time with my kids, you know, so having my kids is what I took with me and some pieces of furniture. And so moving away from my neighborhood, moving away from everything that was my support system, just new neighborhood, new everything. You're just like, what is even happening? Paying rent to a landlord when I owned my own house, you know? all those little things. And so what am I grateful for? And it was the little things. I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful for the sunshine today. I am grateful that I get to raise my kids. I'm grateful for the hugs that they give me every day, you know? So it's like little, little things, but focusing on what I had, I realized that I still had a lot and that gave me enough to keep going. Another thing I would do is I'm a religious person. So I would just pray like I need support today. And this is what it looks like. I would straight up tell <laughs> the, the higher power, this is what I need today. I need to feel loved. So I would do those things. Another thing I would recommend is having a support system. And that's going to look different for different people. But 
I had a slew of people that knew what was going on in my world that would check in on me, that would hang out with me, that would be there with me, that would hold my pain. And so that was the beginning of that journey. And then it just got better and better, got easier to make ends meet. It was like, no, I'm actually like an awesome woman. Everything he was saying is not true. Just like really reconnecting with who I was and what I wanted for me and realizing that I am the one in the driver's seat. If I'm being honest with myself, I chose to marry him. I said, yes, I didn't want to, but I did say yes to that. I have to own that. And I said yes to staying married to him for 11 years. I have to own that too. But what can I now own today? And what do I want my future to look like? And so I did. I swore I would never remarry. That was not going to be in the cards for me. And (laughs) clearly it still was in the cards for me because here I am. But yeah, it was choosing those little tiny things that built up over time. And then there was the mindset work and I don't know, I've been talking for a while. So let me see if you have questions and then we'll go into more of that. The first question I have, it concerns mindset, but also you were talking about gratitude. And I've heard several people now say that when you're practicing gratitude, that you can't feel fear. Do you feel that that's true? I mean, did that help push you forward because of that? Yes. And I want to speak to a couple points there. So when you're feeling gratitude, When you have those types of feelings coming up, there's no space for the negative ones. And the more you feel those, the less of the negative ones you're going to feel. So, so many people, even today. So I have been divorced now, geez, it's over a decade now that I've been divorced from him. And there's people that still are like, oh, how do you feel like like all the resentment? I was like, I don't feel any of that, but honestly, forgiveness is actually more for you than the person you're forgiving Exactly. and feeling love is more for you than the other person as well. Like when you're feeling love for someone, right. That's serving you. And so how do you want to show up in your life? And a lot of people don't think about it like that, but I'm like, yeah, when you decide to love someone, that's great for them, but it's greater for you. That's true. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah, but it really is. It's like your heart full of love. That's an amazing feeling. So how often do you want to feel it? How often do you want to feel gratitude? How often do you want to stay in the space of like being open? Such a better place to live. So do you still practice your gratitude journal today, even after all the success? Yes. You do? Yes, I actually still do. So there's a few things that I do now. It's magnified. It's grown. It's changed. It's developed. So what I do now, that gratitude journal, every now and then through time, like I would slip up and I want to do it. And I'd be like, ah, wait, like, why am I feeling? Mm, Oh, okay. Back to the gratitude journal. So I've now been doing that for a long time. Every now and then I miss a day. Mostly I don't though, because I have a morning routine. So my gratitude journal looks like three to five things in the morning that I'm feeling grateful for, regardless of whatever's on my mind. And then I also move into a dream journal where I do 10 things of things I'm working on that I want to realize. So I have my gratitude journal and then I do my manifesting and then I do my 10 dreams journal, which is kind of part of manifesting along with some reading. And that's my morning routine. And it's been incredible. So doing those two things combined has really like expanded my lifestyle for sure. 
That's awesome. So for people who aren't sure, what do you mean by manifesting? Could you explain that? Yes. Okay. So manifesting is probably one of my favorite things. (laughs) It's basically allowing the universe to bring the things to you that you want in your life. It might be love. It might be material things. It might be, I mean, you name it, like, you know, your life and what you're looking for. But a lot of times we show up to life wanting or like, I'm in debt. I need more money. And you know, and you're staying in a space of scarcity. I can't make enough money. How do I make more money? You're in the scarcity place. I'm using money because it's a really easy indicator. That's easy to measure. Right. But if you believe that it's always coming and it's coming easily and frequently, and you're actually in the true space of believing it, by the way, you have to let go of a lot of beliefs around money in order for this to happen. But when you believe things are coming, you're subconscious mind starts to go to work to make it happen for you. So when you're manifesting, you do have to manifest in the now. So when I'm doing my 10 dreams, (laughs) I am saying like, for instance, I am a multimillionaire. That is one that I said on repeat for a while before that became realized. I own multiple rental properties that bring in residual income. That was another one that I said all the time. I now have multiple, but I'm like, oh, that wasn't enough. How many houses do I actually want? One that I did, I'm doing material things because again, it's easy to to realize. Right. Another one I did was it made no financial sense at the time, but I wanted a backyard pool. My husband was like, this doesn't even make sense. There's no way. And so that was in January of a particular year a few years ago. And I was like, no, I'm going to add it to my my manifesting morning. (laughs) So I was like, I will have a backyard pool by the end of the year. Not sure how it's going to happen. doesn't make sense financially, but by the end of the year, I'm going to have a backyard pool. By the way, we had a newer home and we had just put in our full yard that year before. Wow. So it was a brand new yard and I was going to rip it out. Oh, one thing that's coming to mind for me is if you're out there listening, if you're that broke mom right now that has nothing and when you try to manifest and you say, I'm going to be a multimillionaire, I mean, I could see saying it, but not right. wholeheartedly believing it. So how do you do that? How do you make yourself believe it? Yeah. So you just said, I'm going to be. Right. I know you said, say I am. Yeah. Okay. So that is in the future. Right. Which is not really going to help your subconscious mind to believe that you're doing it. You do have to show up in the space. Like for me, I was like, okay, so what does a multimillionaire do? What do they actually believe about themselves? So you have to be in the headspace of that. Like back when I was dating, you know, I really didn't think I was going to marry again, but I did have like my husband would treat me this way. My husband would show up this way. This is what I am worth, you know? So it's like, you are basically making a declaration in the now. And when it's in the now, your brain is like, oh, wait, subconscious brain is like, I'm a multimillionaire, but it kind of goes to work. So even with the pool, I was like, January, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm adding that to my list. I want a pool by the end of this year. By March, my husband was on board. By August, it was done. Wow. And so it's like, hmm, what's next? What else can we manifest? What else? And so one thing I also put in my dreams journal was for me, this one's kind of always on repeat, but it's, I'm a loving, caring passionate mother. No, I'm not wording it the way that I usually word it now that I'm like on the spot, but like how I want to show up to, for my family is part of my 10 dreams journal. Cause I want that on repeat in my brain over and over and over. Right. You want to tell your brain 
this is how you're showing up. So it just is like, yeah, this is how I show up to my marriage. This is how I show up to my relationships. I get to decide. Yeah. So then you do decide. So broke single mom, guess what? I was in your shoes and it wasn't really that long ago. Right. It's amazing. But I didn't want to stay there and you don't have to either. Right. And I know I've read a lot of things where the subconscious doesn't know the difference. I mean, it believes, like they say, your brain is always listening to everything you say, your subconscious. And so Mm -hmm. it doesn't know the difference between reality and a dream or a wish. If you say it, it believes it. And so I'm assuming that's one of the principles that you're kind of going off. And plus the, the mind learns by repetition. So you repeat, you repeat, you repeat. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So you repeat, but you repeat in the now. Right. In the present tense. I am whatever it is. So I have another one that I did last year. It's mostly realized. (laughs) I was like, I want a beachfront property. Like I want a beach property. That sounds good. And so last November, so one year ago, I went to this amazing place in Florida and I was like, I love this place. I want a place here. I want a beach property. Why not? And so I came home. My husband's like, oh my gosh, Amy, like for real. I was like, Hey, I think we can make this work. (laughs) Like, okay. Well, we had one purchased by February and it is a moneymaker for us. So we can go there. It's an Airbnb property. We have a property management company that runs it. So we don't have to spend time running it, but it brings in income and we get to go there when we want. We just block out the calendar. We get to go. But again, it was like, Hmm, this sounds good. Wait, why can't it happen? And that's what I want to offer you guys too. Sometimes we get in our own way thinking we can't have something, but what if you just say, why not? Why can't I have that? Right. And so that property was the most expensive rental property we've bought so far. I mean, that was the scariest thing I have invested in so far, Wow! but it's totally working. It's great. Like it's going and I've been there three times this year. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I'm going to start saying I am just like Amy. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're just like you. You're perfect just the way you are, but it's just, I am, I have. So that was one thing I would say now, really, I want like a beachfront property in Hawaii is like my bigger dream. Right. Right. But it started in Florida and I'm like, okay, that worked. What else can work? That's wonderful. I think Hawaii's next, you know, but you just have to put it out there that it can be and repeat, repeat, repeat. I read those every day. I write them every day. And my 10 dreams journal changes because as things are realized, then another one comes up or maybe I'm like, do I really want that? It might change a little bit, but mostly it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. Do you think the repetition is what helps you really and truly start believing it? Yes. I mean, just because you hear it every day. Right? Yes. Repeating it three times a day is ideal. If you have three times a day, five minutes, go over it. I am, you know, just the belief I have, whatever it is, it can be realized. Now, if you're someone who is wanting a relationship, this is my advice to you. It's kind of random, but I'm huge on make a list of your dream man. What do you want? All of the details, right? All the details. How does he treat you? What does he look like? How does he show up for you? How does he show up for your family income? Like, what does he make that? You know, why not go deep and then start reviewing that list, right? Start filling in all the details. 
like, this is the guy that I'm bringing to me. Yeah. So I did not do that by the way, but my husband did. My husband wrote a list of his dream girl. And he told me when he met me that he had done this. Wow. And I was like, yeah, okay. All right. And he'd always say, you're my dream girl. You're totally my dream girl. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, yay. I'm so glad I am, whatever. But I found it. And it was like two or three years after we we're married. I found it. It fell out of a book and I read it and I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, wow. I am totally this whole list. I am his dream girl. You know, it's like, he wasn't kidding. He told me about this, but I just found it. And that was like, whoa. So he really did. And he would review his list anyway. So he says that he brought me into his life. And when I saw that list, I was like, oh my gosh, he totally manifested me into his life. This is crazy. And it was very detailed. And it was like, it was like he had written me up. So it sounds like he was on a journey of the mindset quest, just like you. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. He was working on his mindset. Yeah. So totally. He was, he was working on his mindset to attract a partner because he was wanting a long-term relationship. Right. Right. I wasn't even there. I did not want that. But when I met him, things obviously changed. Right. (laughs) And then I did, but all I'm saying is we've gone down this crazy journey together, but we've created it and you can, you can create whatever you can believe. And that Napoleon Hill think and grow rich. It's an amazing book. If you haven't read it, it's very old, but the principle is so sound. And he just says, whatever the mind can believe and conceive, it can achieve. So if you believe it, like if it's conceived, okay, so there's this thought that you're having this dream, right? You have to believe that it can happen, which is the harder part. Cause a lot of us don't think we really can. Right. So it's like believing, no, wait, this really can. What if this can happen for me, then you can have it. You can achieve it. You can do it. So dream big. Right. To believe in yourself to that extent, to me, like I think you were alluding to earlier, you have to probably have done the mindset work first, right? Because you have to believe you're worthy. Yeah. You have to be confident that you can do it. Is that true? And what is that mindset work that you were talking to? Yes. Let's talk mindset. So yes, you do have to believe it, but I will say it is an ongoing journey that's never done. Okay. It's never done. I still have all kinds of mindset garbage that I'm working through and I'm a mindset coach. So it's like, I don't feel like you ever arrive. It just evolves. But a belief is something that you have thought over and over and over and over again to where it's become a belief. And most of your beliefs are conditioned beliefs between the ages of zero to seven. So by seven years old, you have all these beliefs from things that have happened that you've observed in your life. That's a very young age to have a belief system already set. Now, the good news is that your brain can be rewired at any time. It does take time, but it can happen. And so regardless of whatever your beliefs are, that is what keeps you stuck because you focus everything that you're doing. 90% of everything you do is coming from your subconscious brain, what it's telling you. I can believe that. Yes. Yeah. Which is why we stay stuck. It's why we also repeat patterns of our past. It's because your subconscious is like, well, this is familiar, right? This is what is normal for you. And so you have to get out of that and how the, the first few steps is what I call the model. And it's the thought model where if you can understand that beliefs are just thoughts that you've thought over and over and over again, then you can create new ones. That is amazing. Yeah. Sounds super easy and it actually is easy, but the work itself, it is work, right? So circumstances just are, it's how you decide to perceive them. 
circumstances, for instance, one that's like extreme is say that someone really important in your life died, like your husband or your dad or someone, and you're going through that and you tell me about it. Your experience of that death is devastating and there's grief and there's all this stuff that's attached to it. For me, I'm probably not even going to cry. I'm just going to say, I'm sorry, you're going through that. Right. Right. Going to hit us both very differently. Circumstances just are. So anything in your past is a circumstance. Anything that is happening is a circumstance, but it's neutral. It's how we perceive it and decide to act on it. That is everything. So your thoughts around that death. Right are how you end up showing up. So your thoughts around your circumstance, say it's money, you don't have enough money. Well, if you're thinking, I don't have enough money, I'm never going to have enough money. Making money is hard. If you're staying in that thought vibration, then that is going to be your reality. You show up in this scarcity mindset. You're probably not being careful with your money, right? You're showing all these reasons of why things aren't working for you financially. And your result is your thought. Your thought proves itself true every single time. So what can you decide to start to believe? And it might be a bridge, right? I have enough. I'm responsible with my money. I'm learning to do things differently. So it's all about stopping in your tracks when you have a certain thought and being like, does this serve me? And this is what I want to offer you guys. Our brains on average have 60,000 thoughts a day Wow! on average. So if you're someone that's like a total thinker, it's actually going to be higher than that. If you're going through trauma, it's going to be higher than that because of the trauma brain is crazy brain. But if you're having 60,000 thoughts a day, that's 3,300 an hour, something crazy like that. Wow. Over 90% of them are negative. I believe that too. And the majority of everything you're doing is on autopilot from your subconscious brain. So how different would your life look if you started to be a little kinder to yourself? If you decided, would I say this that's in my brain right now? Would I say this out loud to my child? And if the answer is no, then don't say it to yourself. That's a good rule. That's the rule I decided to live by. Yeah. And it was really life-changing for me. If I wouldn't say this to some other person, why am I saying it to me? And that's where a lot of the self-love and self-respect start coming in. I'm not going to talk to myself like this because I'm worth more than this. Right. What can I choose to believe instead? What can I choose to think? And I mean, thoughts happen all the time, right? So they're always coming on. So you do have to be like, wait, what else can I choose to think right now that might help me? Is this true? Yeah, because I think you brought up one point is that we develop these perceptions at a young age. And then we go through life just believing it. We never look back and question it. Why do I think this? Just like if there's a death of someone you love, you think everything horrible happens to me. Well, it really has nothing to do with you. I mean, that person passed, it's not happening to you. You know what I mean? I mean, it is, I don't know how to word it, but you're going through the grief, but it's not personally, it's how you're perceiving it. Yeah. That's causing the pain. You are in control of your own emotions. Exactly. Trauma is a little different. I will say, right. but overall you are in control of your emotions and it's okay to grieve. It's okay to go through those emotions, understanding that you're choosing to feel them. Right. And I want to be respectful saying, yes, there's certain things. Yes. Feel them, but know that you are in control of how you perceive something. So if someone says something really mean to you and they say all these words, whatever you be like, oh, that's so terrible. They're so mean and you can go off. And like, you can take it as like a personal attack. Right. 
Or you can just really go, yeah, so they're saying words that I'm not buying. I think it's hard to do. It's hard to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It depends on how you've reacted to things your whole life, probably. But a lot of us would just echo it back to ourselves again and again. I mean, you just keep replaying the negativity. Yeah. And it just makes it worse. But if you say, okay, this really isn't about me. This is about them. Right. And again, you show up with love. Now this work, it's easy. It's deep work. <laughs> it's deep work. But the more you do, the better it is for yourself, for you. Oh, I believe that. And I'm not saying let people treat you poorly. I'm not saying that. That's where boundaries come in. And that's like a whole other, you know, it's a whole other thing we can talk about. But I'm saying your worth is infinite and you were born that way. Through life, we decide that we're not. But doesn't your higher power want the very best for you? And don't you want to realize and become the best version of you? Right. Because you're the person that gets to decide what that looks like. And you're the person that gets to go after those big hairy goals. And yes, fear is going to be part of it. There's going to be negative emotions that come up. You're going to have highs and lows. All of that is part of it, but it's worth the experience. Like me and my second husband, I haven't even told you the drama we've been through. We have been through the freaking ringer, Wow! but we also have built an incredible lifestyle and we have an extremely deep love. Wonderful. So it's worth it. We've been through a lot, but also we have a lot because of our journey, you know, right? it wasn't just straight up. I divorced my ex-husband, married this new husband, it's been happily ever after. Like, no, we're still in it. We're still learning and growing and all the things, but you get to decide. And it starts with understanding that thoughts just are when we have that thought, it brings up a feeling and that's where you act from. You always act from your feelings. I feel this way. Yeah. Emotions always trump logic. <laughs> mm -hmm. So from your feelings is how you show up and that's what dictates your future. So if you're feeling excited about your business or excited about your life, you're feeling joyful, it's going to serve you. Now, of course, life is 50, 50, you have ups and downs. I don't want to take away from that or be like, just be happy all the time. And your life is perfect. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm saying that it's a journey and that you do get to decide and that you can. So what do you think if you have a person that's very negative, what can they start doing? I know they can start doing the gratitude journal and saying positive things to themselves, but is there anything else that they can do to start changing their perceptions? Because you think you're changing, but then something happens and it triggers that old mindset. How do you make this permanent? Yes. So you are going to want to trip back to your old mindset. That's what's easier. That's where you've lived. So that's what's easier. I like to think of it as like a really well-defined path. And now I'm telling you to go through the weeds and the sticks and the bushes and everything. And I'm telling you, I think a whole new way. You will get tripped up to where you want to go back to the other path. But just remember like asking yourself, what do I want for me? Is this serving me? Right. By thinking these thoughts, is this helping me get closer to that goal? And so it's just that trip up. Another thing I would offer someone if they're like extremely negative or if they're in a really just hard spot to make a list of everything you've achieved in your life, little things, tiny things, graduated sixth grade. Great. Put it down. I won the prize at the fair. I mean, whatever it is, just everything that you've accomplished, little things, big things, whatever it is, put them down there in addition to like your own values and strengths and revisit that list often. Look at it. If you're having a hard time coming up with a list, I'm going to ask you to go to, you could even do this on Facebook. It's scary. 
but ask the people that know you and love you what they love about you. Add it to the list. That almost seems kind of hard to do in a way. I mean, because you're making yourself vulnerable to what they're going to say. <laughs> you're making yourself vulnerable. That's why I said it can be hard to do. But also it's interesting to see what people bring up and tell you about yourself. And you get to see it because a lot of times your strengths that you have that were just given to you, you don't understand or realize that they're really strengths. And so having other people show you or tell you can be helpful. And the people that love you aren't going to be telling, if you're asking them what you're good at or what they love about you, they're not going to bring up the crap. So yes, you're being vulnerable. Right. But on Facebook, I was just thinking you have a lot of people that may not you know, love you like your family loves you. Put it that way. True. But when I did that, I did that. I've actually done it a few times. It's scary. You have done it. Wow. Yes, I have done it. And every time I've done it, it's been a little scary, but it's amazing what comes up. So I do challenge if you're in that spot, you don't have to go as extreme as Facebook, but people in general are good. Right. And if they're your Facebook friend, there's a reason why they're your Facebook friend most of the time. Right. Right. So they see it. And most people want to encourage you, I think. I hope (laughs) that's my hope. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but just having that list of like your accomplishments as well as like your strengths, you could revisit that if you're really struggling with who you are or if you're worthy or any of those things, like that can help you. And if you're in that space. Yeah. And to your point, being a person of faith, also, I've had several people that I've gotten to talk to. I've been blessed to talk to that they hit their own version of rock bottom. And I always ask people, how do you turn that around? How do you hit what you think is bottom and then come up? The vast majority, I would say, have said, you know, I just threw myself into the unconditional love of God. And that's what brought me out. So there's always the faith factor, too, for people who who believe in the higher power and believe in God. I'm with you. I think that the higher power is where, I mean, some people call it universe, God, whatever. I believe in God. Right. Me too. He wants what's best for me. Right. And if I believe that, then I'm worthy as is. And I have a lot of work to do here. And he wants me to realize that work. He wants me to become the best version of me so that I can serve the people around me as well. Right. And so I choose to believe that it's served me well. So I'm going to keep it. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Keep doing it. So what are your five businesses, if you don't mind sharing with us? Yeah, I actually think we have nine. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I'd read five. I think I counted the other day. So I have my coaching business, which is where I spend most of my time. And I do some public speaking and things like that. All of it's attached to my coaching business. It's where my passion is because I love to show women what's possible. I love to help them expose their strengths. So that is the thing I focus mostly on. We have a real estate company. That's where we buy our properties that we run. And my husband has, he also has a full-time job. He has that. Sometimes we wonder why, but he still has his full-time job. That's not part of our businesses though. And then we also have, we randomly have a Facebook store and an Amazon store, random, but we do. And I own a dance studio. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's a dance and fitness studio that I own and run. And within that studio, you asked, so I'm answering. Oh, I want to hear. Yeah. I'm a huge believer in multiple streams of income. So that's what we've set up our life to be. Within the dance studio in the summer, we offer swimming lessons and we have about 300 kids that go through that swim program over the summer. And we also have two different merchant account businesses 
that pay us residual income from both of those. And then my husband has a consulting, he does a lot of data work. And so he has a consulting business as well. So there you go. Yes. We have a slew of businesses. Wow. That's amazing. Now with that said, I have to prioritize my time and I have to make sure that I have the bandwidth. Like ultimately what I want is family is really important to me. Traveling and creating memories is really important to me. And so I have designed a lot of these businesses to run without us having to do, like we have to do certain things, but we don't have to do all of the things so that a lot of people work for us, which is another benefit because we've created some jobs for people. Oh, that's awesome. I think. Yeah. So I know, I know you said coaching is kind of your passion. Do you coach everyday women or do you coach coaches? I do both. Oh, you do both. It's evolved into coaches because of my entrepreneur background. So a lot of coaches now hire me to help them learn how to build a business because they've built multiple different types of businesses. But my passion is showing the woman what she's capable of and exposing her strengths, showing her what the strengths are, helping her rewire her brain to serve her and whatever those dreams are. Like for me, I have financial goals. I love building businesses, obviously. Right. So those are some of my goals, right? But not every woman is like me. And so just whatever dreams it is that they have, I like to show them how to get there. And I have one-on-one coaching programs that I offer. And then I also for the everyday, just like the woman that needs some help with her mind. I also have a 12 week program. It's called Thrive Camp. It's weekly coaching in a group. There is a little bit of one-on-one coaching. And then there's an entire program of 12 weeks of just like building blocks on how to do the work that I offer her. And then for the coaches, there's another program that I offer that is specifically for the coaches on how to build a successful online business. So those are my things. And do you also train coaches? I do train coaches. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I train coaches on how to coach and how to be effective. And it's been an amazing journey. And this is definitely where my passion lies after like through everything I've been through, just like showing the coach. If I can teach the coach how to coach really well, then the ripple of the work that I'm doing expands even more, right? Exactly. Because the coach now is helping all these other women. And so. Plus I would think seeing all those transformations would be amazing for you. Yeah. Showing women how to transform their lives is my jam. Yes. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It's a wonderful jam to have, I would say. So is there anything that we haven't discussed yet that you think we should touch on as far as mindset or? I think really, I mean, we've covered a lot of things other than I just want anyone who's listening to know that I've already said it, but you can have what you want. And when I let go of the people pleaser, I'm still a recovering people pleaser, but when I let go of that and started tuning in to me, that's where things started changing. And it wasn't selfish. It was self-full. And so I want you to be self-full. I want you to turn inwards and listen because your body and your soul is always talking. You just have to give time and space to listen. And as you listen, that will also help your mindset because God, your soul, your body, your mind, ultimately they all want what's best for you but you have to bring them together and like tune in. So take time to tune in and become that better version of yourself. 
So as you're trying to tune in, if you are the negative person, how do you cut out all the garbage and listen to what you really need to listen to? Because all that stuff can start coming in. All the negative can start coming in too. Again, it's just that pause. It's all about the pause, the power in the pause. I'm not listening to that today right now. I'm choosing to listen. And we haven't even talked about meditation, but meditation in the beginning, a lot of times just like noise, noise, noise in the brain. The brain just goes, goes, goes. But you learn how to quiet and how to pause to listen to your body. Am I feeling anxious right now? Yes. Why? Okay. And then you have a download. Why am I feeling anxious? Because I'm thinking this thought. Why am I thinking this thought? Because of the circumstance. Okay. So what else can I believe to be true about this circumstance? It just comes back to checking in. How am I feeling? How am I doing? What kind of meditation is that? A quiet meditation? Because I know there's guided meditations. Yeah. There's guided meditations, which are great, but a quiet meditation is also good. Like to just put on some like chill meditation music and just breathe, listening to your body. Like your body is going to be tight in different areas. Your body is going to like speak to you. And so, but you have to give it space to speak to you, your breath. Like, guess what? I'm alive right now. That is beautiful. I am breathing. My heart is beating. Like, let's celebrate that. Right. And when you're living in the space of negativity, it's easy to just skip all that, but that's where you're going to find your peace. That's where the brain is going to allow itself to change into a much more positive space. And so it's worth it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it's beautiful work that you're doing. So thank you for all that you're doing and contributing to humankind out there. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's an amazing journey. So, and I mean, you're doing great things too with this podcast and having people be able to tune in and learn from you. So, I mean, the work is amazing. We all bring a different little slice of self, I guess. I don't know. We are all a little bit different, but just doing this kind of work is amazing. And I'm honored to just be in this space. I love it. Well, thank you. I'm honored to have you today. And you've shared a lot. And like we were saying earlier, this is only one facet of everything you do and cover, you know, so we could probably do 10 more episodes. I know. (laughs) Bring me on back. We'll talk about another subject, but yeah, I absolutely will. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. As we wrap up today's episode, I hope Amy sharing her journey has helped you in some way. I really enjoyed talking with Amy. A couple of things stood out to me through our conversation. It was obvious that mindset work is fundamental. Shifting and reframing your mindset is a cornerstone of self-worth and thus probably all the big changes you want to make in your life. And most importantly, we have to remember that mindset work is never done. It's a lifelong pursuit, a never-ending process. Secondly, Amy is a big believer in manifesting, which is really just telling yourself what you want on repeat, as Amy says. Through repetition, the subconscious mind will pick up what you want and help drive you to it behind the scenes. I think we often overlook the true power of our subconscious mind. It is the driver of a lot of our behavior, whether we realize it or not. So why not use it to our advantage? And as always, I hope this episode helps at least one person. And with that, I hope you have a blessed week, my friend. Thank you for listening to The Beauty in the Mess. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas you would like to hear about, or you think you would be a great guest on the show, you can reach me directly at thebeautyinthemess.com. Thanks for listening.